Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the Internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Domain Masters. I'm Monty Khan, your host. Um, welcome back this week. As you know, last week we had a couple back-to-back reruns. Uh, our producers uh, decided they wanted to head off to Jamaica to party, party mon, party hard, sit on uh, sit on some uh, some layback lounges and take it easy. And God knows they me- needed it. They were uh, working their tails off. So I'm glad to have them all back and refreshed. I can see the smiles in their faces. It was great. It's a rebound. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be back live this week and um, um, have some exciting shows coming up. Uh, tonight I have a, a couple really great guests on, um, the CEO from uh, Vendencia, uh, which is a um, company that provides real-time transaction, transaction risk assessment and friendly fraud protection. As everyone knows, if you run an e-commerce site or run any kind of uh, merchant services on your on your websites, uh, charge fraud and chargebacks are a huge problem, and this company has uh, probably the best solution on the web. Uh, we're doing some partnership things in the near future with them, uh, with Moniker, and um, I've uh, seen them now at a couple, uh, t- a couple conventions, and they're making a great uh, headway in this area. So we're going to talk to Gene Hoffman. CEO. And following that, uh, a rare and special interview with Aliqua uh, Thunian from uh, Kuwait. Thunian is a large customer of ours, has about uh, 100,000 domain names and really has some great insight on the domain name industry. He's been investing in domain names for quite some time and uh, he's going to be a great guest to have on. We're calling him in Kuwait where it's 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, we really appreciate him taking the time to be on with us tonight and uh, we'll be on soon. Um, I'm going to break for a couple commercials and be back with Gene Hoffman. Uh, hang with me for a couple minutes. Uh, we're going to um, give uh, give our, our uh, advertisers some credit here. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on GenieKnows.com. Install a co-branded search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. Add at your command. GenieKnows.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our co-branded referral program. Genie knows how to deliver results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. Proud sponsor of the Webmaster World. Contrary to what your mother told you, you cannot be all things to all people. You can, however, focus on your primary business and ensure your success by outsourcing technical projects to a company who is forward-thinking, solutions-oriented, and works as a complete extension of your organization. No need to do it over and over again. SRK Consulting can develop integrated automation programs, programming in most major languages and operating systems. SRKConsulting.com, making sure your mother is always proud. 
commercials off. Now back to Domain Masters. Uh, my first guest uh, is uh, Gene Hoffman. He's the co-founder and chairman, uh, chief executive officer of Vendencia uh, Incorporated. And again, this is a company focused on chargeback recovery and prevention services. Everyone knows how big of an issue for, uh, uh, chargeback fraud is if you're running any kind of e-commerce on your re- on your website, selling any kind of items. Uh, before Vendencia, Gene has uh, a bunch of experience in the music industry. He was uh, director of eMusic's uh, uh, a leading internet internet based music subscription service, um, and he led the um, acquisition of eMusic by uh, Vivendi Corporation um, back in two thousand and one. So uh, he's uh, got some uh, um, eMusic subscription um, history as well. Gene, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Money. Glad to have you on board. Yeah, my pleasure, sir. So it sounds like uh, you've uh, worn some uh, some pretty different hats in the past. How'd you uh, get from uh, the music online music industry into the industry you're in now? Well, you know, running a rebuild negative options subscription service actually taught us a heck of a lot about how both the credit card infrastructure works and then also kind of what um, real interesting Internet companies do and how you can actually increase profitability for those companies. Uh, This business of fighting chargebacks and handling chargeback screening really grew out of what we learned at running the then largest subscription service for downloadable music. Yeah, that's great. And I, I know that, uh, of course, that side of the industry is uh, growing like leaps and bounds. And I've seen your um, your product uh, and uh, talked to uh, you know, a couple of your, your representatives now uh, on a couple of trade shows. And you guys have a pretty slick solution, probably the, one of the best that I've seen in the industry. Well, you know, we really wanted to come at it a very different way. Uh, we want to look at you know, the chargebacks. And, you know, there are a couple of myths out there. People believe you can't win Internet-based chargebacks, especially for intangible goods. Yeah. And the reality is, is that it's not trivial. You need to know what the uh, card associations expect and what the issuing banks expect, but you can. And what's interesting is from that, we derive really interesting data about customers who really are you know, the cardholder but are still likely to cause you trouble down the line. Right, right. So there's this big mystery of what friendly fraud is uh, versus true fraud um, when it comes to these internet uh, chargebacks. Can you go? Let, let's go into that a little bit further and what it means to uh, sure. Well, in fact, you know, in the past, most people have talked mainly about true fraud. When people are selling a physical good, a DVD player, for example, it's worth it for somebody to steal a credit card number and then use that and get that DVD player shipped somewhere and then fence it or sell it or even keep it. You know. Friendly fraud is when, for example, you're you know downloading a subscription service or a piece of software, and it's a little bit less valuable on the other end in a sense. You can't really resell it. You know, for example, when you're signing up for a domain name, someone might do this, and you know the issue is is that for whatever reason you decide that you don't want to pay for it. Either you know if it's adult, you know you don't want your wife to know about it. If it's uh, technology, gee, that uh, business idea petered out, and you'd rather not pay for it. And so, you know, true fraud is something that there are a lot of different tools out there, and we offer some decent ones as well. But friendly fraud is a real hard problem to get your hands around unless you really work through the friend, the pardon me, the chargebacks, and then also you know have an experience base to be able to figure out what people's behavior were at other sites. Now, this is um, how big of a problem is this in the industry? What? Uh, how many billions of dollars uh, are we talking about here? You know, we're talking five to seven today on just the problem. So, you know, you've got this problem both even for physical goods retailers and intangible goods. You know, huge problems in travel, in downloadable goods and services, and especially as, you know, people move away from buying CDs to buying downloadable music to buying downloadable video. You're going to see lots and lots more folks run into this problem because, you know, there are really compelling services and software that uh, smaller and mid-sized businesses are going to want to offer that are going to have high friendly fraud rates to them. Right, right. Now, now, 
you know, chargebacks, a lot of people have, um, you know, a lot of people that do um, all kinds of business on the web, whether you're running adult or downloading software or whatever, have a big problem with um, things that are happening in Asia and credit cards that are being processed uh, from uh, Asian IP addresses. What can you tell us a little bit about that uh, particular issue and how, um, how your company helps avoid that? Well, you know, one of the big things there is looking at a couple of core um, items about those transactions. Obviously, the you know location where that transaction is coming from versus what type of card it is and whether the, the actual BIN matches. So the BIN is the first couple digits that identify the card and the bank that issues it. And so often, you know, when you see somebody coming in from Asia trying to use a card that should have been issued in, uh, you know, upstate New York, you have a pretty good idea that something's wrong with that transaction. And, you know, those sorts of screens are obviously thrown in, and, you know, that's and the unique problem because the problem is you don't want to say to that person who is an Asian customer from an Asian IP with an Asian bin that's you legitimate take your money right yeah and if they're legitimate you know that's that's the other problem i mean just from our personal experience at moniker we have a we have a you know we we try to do whatever we can to prevent fraud and um uh, you know we we do the um the address verification unfortunately a lot of the banks um that are foreign banks you know it's it's mostly us based banks that allow address verification in order to 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 verify a credit card a lot of foreign banks don't even support um the cvv2 number or use that as part of the approval process yeah in fact you're going to find very few foreign banks at all to do it. Like usually these are U.S.-only solutions. The, the, the double-edged sword here is, is that the only real way to have any data to know whether that card matches and those sorts of things is to have seen it being used by the same person of the sites. And that's one of the unique things we kind of bring to the table is our network of merchants has kind of blind but trustworthy access to what other merchants are experiencing with that card. Oh, the so, other so thing your, system, say, your system looks back and says, okay, this is a valid user because they've used this card, the same number, um, and the same card in a, in another um, proper transaction in the past. Yeah, before fact, it helps validate it. Exactly. More valuable in some ways is I don't really necessarily care if that person is even who they say they are. I just know the transaction went through it, went through happily, and didn't create a chargeback. So you're you're able to say, okay, these transactions happen from this particular you know, or from this particular user, and it was not charged back, which increases the the validity of the charge to begin with, and that keeps building up in history, obviously. That's exactly right. Oh, okay. That's great. Yeah. And one of the other things here is, you know, most people who look at fraud end up costing themselves more money on the revenue side than they do on savings. You know, the issue gets to be that you, you do not want to err on the side of denying transactions. You want to err on the side of allowing transactions. And that's a hard line to walk. And we're one of the few companies who really goes out there saying that that is the key. Right. Right. Now, you know, those that don't have merchant accounts uh, or provide um, credit card uh, type transactional uh, um you know processes on their site they may think hey this is not an important issue to me but it really is for you know just off the top of my head i can think of any time they use their own credit card if the credit card companies are absorbing these fees or having this problem with chargeback we're all paying it you know we're all paying for the abuse you're of paying the for this at card. amazon you know when you go out and do a transaction as yourself and you're you know, looking at what an online retailer is going to charge you, he's having to factor in this cost until it's you know continuing to be squeezed. Yeah. So you, so everyone that's listening here, and everyone that 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 um, you know, everybody should be concerned about this issue. Whether you are doing business on the web currently, you know, and taking in charges, because if you use a credit card, you're eventually going to end up paying for it because all these fees and these losses are rolled back into your credit card fees. Right. And even more directly, you know, lots of people who are participating in affiliate programs, you're going to start to see those affiliate programs 
has become much more savvy about looking at whether that affiliate's driving quality traffic that actually has low chargeback risk or quali- or unquality, you know, low quality traffic that's causing a lot of chargebacks. Right. All right. And so, you know, what should merchants do when they receive chargebacks? I mean, what, what's the proper procedure to follow? Well, you know, the first thing here is, is you've really got to actually own the transaction from the front to the end. I mean, most internet companies, because of the beauty of being an internet company, small staffing, you know, ease of kind of transacting, they kind of drop the stuff on the floor. They don't actually look through the chargebacks. You know, one of the types of chargeback you get is simply what's called a ticket request, and it's kind of the most um, friendly chargeback you can get. It's basically a customer saying, you know, I don't recognize this. And a lot of merchants out there aren't responding to those. If you don't respond to those, that's an unwinnable chargeback. But if you do respond, most people go, oh, I thought you were calling it, you know, for example, a customer of ours. Symantec is what they bill it as, but you thought you bought Norton Antivirus. Right, right. So it's a, it's a misinterpretation uh, of what service you really bought. And so they send in an inquiry to the, to the credit card company, and then a response comes to the company to, you know, you have to prove that, oh, no, it's a valid charge, and you have to justify that that charge is, in fact, valid if you're an end uh, merchant who is the one who's, who did the charge on that card, right? That's exactly right. And the nice thing about a ticket request is it's just a kind of a gentle request of, gee, the customer doesn't recognize this. Can you help him recognize it? Right, right. So that and the other thing that can really be effective is if you do have a merchant account, be very cognizant of what you're actually putting on people's um, statement because your actual statement billing line can really drive down your chargeback rate. Right, so like a proper description or company name, um, you know, I, I guess we've learned the hard way on that, too. We, we've, because we, we operate, you know, four different ICANN accredited registrars and we have um, multiple services, we've chosen a generic name in, um, on a lot of our charges called domain services. Right. And so they may think they did business with Moniker, um, and then they see domain services and not understand what that charge is for. That's exactly right. And in fact, depending on you know what your volumes look like, there are acquirers out there who will allow you to specify that on a per-transaction basis, or at least part of it. And that's the other thing that's really valuable. So you'd say domain transactions, you know, parentheses moniker. Right. Now, now is your, does your system help? We can definitely regard? help you on the kind of consulting side of finding the merchant acquirers, you know, that are going to do those things better for you. The piece that we can really bring to the table is right now, most people just generally drop their chargebacks on the floor. And it turns out that there's huge dollars to be had there, and it's almost all profit, because when you go out and take that as a cost of doing business today, we can go out and recover 60, 70, sometimes even 80% of the entire pile of dollars that you're losing. Oh, and those wow. dollars go straight to the bottom line. Right. It, you know, so if it's, and I mean, what if it's legitimate chargebacks from stolen credit cards? Well, the, the true fraud chargebacks, that's the one you're talking you're about, right. obviously ones you have a harder time learn, winning on. But what's really important about those is by actually having people actively looking through that, you learn what types of specific fraud are occurring at your site and your business. And this varies dramatically from vertical to vertical, even business to business inside verticals. Right. Now, do you, do you guys work on a, on a, you know how some companies, if um, you know, st- if you're having trouble collecting from, a, let's say, from a customer, and you turn it over to a collections agency, and they work off of a percentage of the recovery fees. We start out working with our customers at fifty-fifty of what we recover. Okay, so, so you work on a similar basis. So you don't have to come out of pocket um, in order to engage your services to help with this recovery. You'll That's you'll exactly share right. in the risk and share in the recovery. 
Yeah, and we love to start with, you know, kind of the first three months of doing exactly that. Now, what that doesn't include necessarily is, you know, our active screening, but we can show you how we can basically make it be about the same, and then we only charge you a percentage of revenue, and that's very small. All right. Oh, that's great. Yep. I mean, most cases, we're actually going to be charging you out of found money that we're creating by fighting your chargebacks and winning them. Oh, cool. That, sound, that sounds wonderful. Now, what, um, what can... Um you know, how can you tell um, that you have a chargeback problem if you don't really know it? What are some of the signs to look for? Well, I mean, you know, if your fax machine is running chargebacks out, if you have a chargeback problem to some Right, like when there's faxing you the chargeback reports, right. That's right. And, you know, the issue gets to be that when you really think about what it costs to deal with it, you know, you want your customer service folks or your finance folks to be doing their primary job and not dealing with customers. Right, who I know it's a huge burden for my guys. They, they, you know, when the chargebacks come in to investigate and having to go back and forth, um, it does take a lot of time to investigate all that. Right. I mean, that's the other, you know, kind of hidden cost to all this is, you know, how many hours that otherwise your customer service folks would be answering active and current customer questions. Are they spending figuring out what's, you know, happening to this customer who will never do business with you again? We can take that off your plate. And that's one of the big benefits of what we're talking about. Okay. So so uh, it sounds like that you get, you have a, a service that run that you share the risk with the customer. And um, what are some of the what are some of the, the immediate prevention uh, items that your your system you know, provides uh, a company so that it can prevent pr- fraud in the very beginning. Well, we have a core suite of, you know, true fraud screening that we can make available. And what we like to do is actually just start fighting your chargebacks because just fighting your chargebacks, it turns out that the issuing banks model your merchant number to try to figure out whether or not um, you are actually likely to dispute the chargeback. And your chargeback rate will actually go down a little bit just by starting to respond to all your chargebacks. The second big thing is then is once we have a couple months of data, we can actually look through that and look at your true fraud versus your friendly fraud chargebacks. and specifically start giving you risk scoring that is tailored to your business based on what we've seen by having our chargeback team go through your chargebacks. And what we find is that by you know being able to customize that pretty scalably, we can really effectively cut your chargeback rate you know by at minimum 20, 30 percent and at maximum something like 70, 80 percent. Oh wow, so it's an immediate return on investment no matter what. That's right. Uh, that's, that's great. So the the so to look for good fraud screening and scrubbing services, you you want to you want to engage a company like yours right away, so that you're you're doing all the initial easy to screen stuff because that's what you're dedicated to do, and then you know leaving the business owner and the business staff to do what they need to do so that they're not spending time with this. Yeah, I, I know a lot of companies probably just leave this stuff and like it's too much trouble to respond and do the facts and do the responses, fill out the forms. It's a you know it's a huge problem. That's right. And because we do this for a lot of people at high volumes, you know, our general response time is under 48 hours and likely to be under 24. And part of winning is being responsive because if that comes back to the issuing bank very quickly, you're going to find that you win a lot more. The other thing I would say is, you know, if you already have some true fraud screening in place and you still have chargebacks, that's where we can really, really effectively help you because usually what you'll find is that the majority of those are friendly fraud. And because it's actually the cardholder and it's actually him using his computer, computer and his card, those are the hardest to find, and that's one of the things we have unique data about because we actually watch a lot of merchants charge back. Right, right. And, I mean, give us an idea of what, what kind of, what's your current customer base right now? I mean, how many customers do you guys serve? Uh, we serve about 25 customers, but some of those rank in the, you know, $50 million yearly level. Some of them rank down to, they make about a million a year. Oh, wow. So they're, they're fairly large customers then. For yeah, we have a pretty broad base of customers. Okay, great. Great. And um, 
and your staffing to help support um, that kind of growth? I mean, uh, you're probably going to pick up a couple customers on this uh, from this show alone. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. We, because we've built a lot of automation, don't have to staff at the level most people do. Um, you know, we use a lot of web applications and other things. We uh, had pretty unique experience at eMusic. We were able to re-encode the entire 7,000 album uh, library, including liner notes and cover artwork and all the publishing and legal data. And we got that down to about a two-week process with, you know, call it four or five hourly employees. So we learned how to, you know, really move those kind of painful back office processes into a fully automated fashion. Right, right. Now, what about um, uh, I have a I have uh, was given a question by one of our customers uh, ahead of time um, mm-hmm. about the what's your view on the um, as he puts it the extremely customer unfriendly services like PayPal and the fraud that comes through some of those ancillary services, you know, when you do a transaction on a third-party service. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is that really goes to owning your own merchant account. I mean, as a merchant, the best answer is to really say, you know what, I want to get a direct relationship with the bank, and I want to maintain that relationship and kind of step up to the level where I need to be to be able to do that. It's not that hard, um, and that's one of the things we can kind of do. It's not a core service, but it's certainly something we offer is the ability to help you find a merchant account kind of depend. You know, regardless of what your risk profile looks like. Oh, so that's good because a lot of people also see that as a huge hurdle, like having to mess with that. Yeah, exactly. And start and it off turns with out it, it doesn't have to be as painful as people think it is. So, I mean, can you give us like um, you know the three easy steps on on getting that established? Well, you know, it basically boils down to you need to be able to know which ISO or payment uh, provider, merchant acquirer, you should be talking to. Um, And a lot of that has to do with your revenue level and what you're doing. Um, You know, there's obviously adults, its own special category. We can help there. Some of the rebuild businesses, some acquirers just don't want to do rebuild because they've had bad bad ideas with, you know, other legitimate rebuild services causing them trouble. Uh, because of our customer base, you know, we have relationships with quite a few different acquirers and, uh, and ISOs that can place your business pretty quickly. So one of the things you can do is a quick and easy way is, you know, reach out, go to www.vindicia.com, V-I-N-D-I-C-I-A, um, and we'll have someone get in touch with you and help you basically move through that process. Yeah, that sounds great. And I, I, I when I first met Mark uh, Siegel, which is, I guess, uh, one of your, um, he's one of your sales uh, VPs. You know, it actually turns out he is the head of the chargeback department. Well, look at that. Mm-hmm. First so of all, actually first of all he, he, he is one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life. He t- he uh, he had some funny stories uh, on a on a trip that he had through uh, through Morocco and some places. Yeah, the Moroccan goat the Moroc- story, which I think we'll have no, to leave the there. Moroccan camel story. Yes, the yeah. camel as well. Yeah, God, I was. Uh, I couldn't. You can be I the camel. Agree. You can be the boy, or you can be the hill. Yeah. <laughs> in, in any case, um, he sh- he uh, uh, showed me a. Um, I guess it was an online signature um, capture. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, actually, we haven't uh, decided to disclose that pretty widely, but um, we do have some solutions, and I have to kind of leave it here for what do you do when the risk score comes back horrible? Right. Because that's an interesting problem that a lot of people haven't solved, and we have some interesting ways to solve that for merchants that we'd be happy to talk about. Oh, so you can't, it's kind of uh, undercover, under the radar. Yeah, call it, right call it uh, Alpha right now. We're going <laughs> to launch that later uh, in the quarter. Well, it was very interesting, and that's what actually piqued my interest, so I'm glad that he shared that with me, and uh, that probably uh, ended up uh, the reason why uh, I decided to have you on the show, so it was a good thing that he showed that to me. So, Yeah, absolutely. We basically are you know, trying to build some scalable systems so that you can 
know that you're going to win the charge back if it occurs. Yeah, definitely. Well, Gene, it was a real pleasure having you on. Um, for those of you that are interested in getting a handle on your chargeback problems and uh, want to really engage with a company that's uh, uh, an expert in this field, please visit um, Vendicia.com, and um, um, I'm sure that uh, Gene will make himself available and his staff to uh, answer any questions that you may have. Um, it's a service that we're going to use at Moniker, and I can highly recommend it. I've seen the uh, overwhelming acceptance of this type of technology and their company at the shows that I've been at, so I, I highly recommend them. And uh, Gene, do you, you have any other uh, last remaining thoughts about the whole problem itself and how your company is going to be addressing it not only now and in the future? Well, I just want to say, you know, we do take something kind of unique about this. We look at it from the back end from your chargebacks and say, gee, how can we prevent the chargeback regardless of why? And I think more importantly than that, though, Monty, I want to say thank you. Oh, definitely. And what's a, what's a good email to get in touch with you guys? Um, you know, sales at Vindicia.com. Okay. And that's V-I-N-D-I-C-I-A.com exactly for those it. of you who don't know. Okay. Well, great, Gene. I really appreciate your time uh, on the show. Um, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to have Aliqua on from uh, Kuwait. Uh, we're real happy to have him on board, and uh, we're going to break for a commercial. We'll be back in about uh, two minutes. Thanks. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Study show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust and nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Commercials off. Now back to Domain Masters. Welcome back. Uh, just having a little dialing problems. Uh, right. uh, Liqua called in, so we'll be on with just... Uh, just a minute or so. Before I have uh, uh, Aliqua on, I just want to let everyone know we're going to be at the SES conference. That's the Search Engine Strategies Conference next week. We'll be doing a live broadcast from there. That's uh, next Wednesday. That's in New York. A great show to be at. And uh, for those moniker customers uh, that are online and listening, uh, we're doing our new site and platform launch the uh, night of and the day of the 5th of March and we'll be sending out an email for that uh, we're going to be down for about 12 to 18 hours while we do the conversion and uh, we'll be sending out a message so you guys can get all your domain names registered and uh, make all your changes that you need to make because you're not going to be able to do so for a little while so we'll get some messages out but we have some real exciting upgrades coming on board alright so uh, let's get uh, Thunian on and uh, talk about some domains. Thunian are you with me? Yes, I'm here. How are you, Monty? Great. How are you? I'm sorry about the, the telephone call thing. I guess i got to put some... Uh, no, no problem. The lines are so busy here because of the 25th of February is our national day here. It's like the 4th of July, so everyone is calling all over the place. So oh, that's, that's great. Well, I really appreciate the phone call, and um, I guess i got to put some credits in your account for the uh, long distance. <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> I might need that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, how are things in Kuwait these days? It's not bad. It's cold. 
Yeah, and it's it, desert cold, so it's kind of a different cold from down down BC. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, a lot of people have some, uh, you know, some uh, some questions about who Aliqua is, and uh, you know, you've gone undercover for many many years when you're acquiring domain names, and uh, one might say that you've come out uh, into public and really uh, actually you've been a, quite a benefit to many domainers and a lot of companies uh, because you've had so much experience. Uh, how did you go about getting into the industry from the very beginning? Uh, that's a long story. <laughs> Actually, back in um, in November 2000, I was sitting down like you know I came back to Kuwait after I finished college down at AU. Finished, you know, I, I was a BFA major, um, not just fine art. I had a painting and sculpture, and I came back to Kuwait. My father, you know, Nick called me up back. My father said he had to come back and work. I came back. I sat down with my cousin. He's he, he's been buying names, you know, a few names here and there. And he asked me, do you know what domains are? And so I said, no. Are those websites? Let's go buy one. And he said, no, you need to have an email first. That's why I registered my first email. Right. And after that, back in late December um, 2000, I think, I think it's around December, that's when I registered the first domain I ever owned, which is com. And I started buying .tv names in the beginning. And that's how I got into it. Then I got into afternick days and so on. Right, right. Now, one would say that you got in a little bit late, but you certainly made up for it by uh, going out and acquiring some of the best domain names in the entire industry. And uh, you well, know, I had j- help from the sellers out there, so they helped me out a lot. Well, yeah, I'm sure. People. I'm sure, but it helps also to have uh, some of the resources to be able to buy some of those domain names. So, what, what are some yeah, of the best names that, that you own? What, what are some I'm of the uh, what are some of the best domain names that you own? I mean, I can name a couple, but it's uh, it'd be nice for you to rattle off a couple. Oh, God, a few, a lot. <laughs> um, media, multimedia, dot com, multimedia dot com, jackass dot com, cool dot com, oh, a lot, monsters dot com. Yeah, so you have so you have some of the top domain names in the entire industry, and uh, you've gone out and gotten a lot of those in the aftermarket. Yes, I did. And you've been um, able- it was basically impossible to, to register any of those. They're all registered back then. So, right, right. So you've you've had uh, you, you've made quite an investment in the industry. So obviously you believe it not only short term, but you believe in the industry long term. Uh, you've you've laid down. Uh, you I know, do believe in long term. Yes. Right. And you're one of also uh, one of the um, elite domainers that actually believe in some of the um, other extensions, such as the .info extension. Explain uh, yeah, and let, let the domainers on that are listening know about what your philosophy is and what your, um, what your um, feelings are towards some of the ancillary exp- extensions and why you believe in them so heavily. Well, I believe in long term, not short term, because I'm not a seller. You know, I don't buy and sell. You know, if you look at, like, buy domains, and they buy and sell, so it's, it's more reasonable for them to get, buy big batches of names, you know, it doesn't hurt. Um, but just diversify, just it helps, you know, it helps your investments. Um, just it helps in every in every angle. I, I don't. I look at it in a really long term kind of a thing. Right. And so, where do you see, like, for instance, dot info going long term in terms of that investment? What What are your plans for those types of? It, it will have a market sooner or later. You know, it, it, the traffic will increase, but not now. In the long term. Right. As more and more people get on the web, obviously, um, um, and, and the dot-coms are all taken, you know, a lot of these extensions are going to be valuable, and there's going to be a lot of traffic. And, and uh, Exactly. Well, it, it, around the world, it's kind of different from the U.S. In most Americans, they just look at dot-com. Around the world, they can't find a dot-com with a net, org, info, is, and they go to their own extension, country extension. 
Right. They'll do anything just to get the actual name they need to start their business. In the U.S., they're more concerned about .com. You can't blame them. It's the best. You can't go wrong with a .com. Right. Right. Well, you've been able actually to kind of create your own your own market or your own run on the market. Uh, um, just for example, you've uh, you've registered literally thousands of uh, .info names, um, you know, at a given session, and uh, kind of uh, you kind of own the majority of the three character, three letter uh, .info type domain names and a lot of .org names in that uh, in that arena, don't you? Yeah, a lot of .coms. Um, I bought those way back when they were like two ninety nine dollars, two hundred ninety nine dollars, and so on. I thought they were expensive back then. They came in big bulks. Right, right. And then, of course, uh, the dot infos. Um, you've you've been able to eat. You know, been able to register a lot of those. And I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Your, your dot info names that you've been able to read a lot of the three character dot info names. Yes, a lot. I, I cleaned up the whole thing. I cleaned up your credits also, the, those guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you ran through them. I don't know why sure. I wasn't able to register anymore. It just gives me an error. I'm like, what's wrong with Monty's registrar? <laughs> yeah, you ran through the credits. You told me you ran me out of credit. <laughs> yeah, well, now we have plenty of credits for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that. We're going to need that. Yeah, definitely. That's for sure. So uh, one of the things that intrigues uh, me, and I know it intrigues a lot of the, the, the people that are listening, is that the market in the Arabic world and the Middle East is a little bit, um, it's up and coming in terms of the domain industry, isn't well, it? Yes, and I wanted to talk about that because, you know, I can't explain a writing. I tried to explain it in Rick's board um, once. Um, I, even if I try to explain it, you can't understand unless it's verbal. Um, the Chinese, actually, um, or the numerical numbers, actually, um, they represent characters in their alphabet. Um, in Arabs, the actual letters, you know, a lot of Arabs don't speak English, so they, they took shortcuts. And they took the letter 3, for example, for the, le- for the, for the letter in Arabic, it's ah. So if you speak Hebrew or Arabic, you'd understand, or Persian, is ah. So when you say Arab, it's Arab, right? Right. Therefore, when you have 3, 3RB, three 3ARAB, three or 3RAB is Arab, the same sp- the same meaning. Oh wow! So, so in this particular case, so uh, the letter exactly. It, it, it's they have a replacement. The numbers replace the actual character. So, a lot of guys have asked me about those. Tom, if you have any problems, just ask me. I'll explain this to you. But I, I wasn't able to explain it actually online because there's no way you can actually explain that. Um, the letter seven is ha. The letter ha. So you see, a lot of these Arab um, domainers they have these these different domains, and you see they have huge traffic, and people just don't understand. Right, and it's because people are shortcutting it. This is one of the reasons, actually. And so, so in in um, the the domainers in um, in the Arabic and Middle Eastern world are they um, so they see a lot of value in a lot of these um, in the in the characters in the in the short character type names that uh, actually have yes. numbers in them. Yes. Yes. And but they're more concerned with actually domains, but they're actually they're late in the market. But you know, a lot of times I try to explain the forums that you know the majority of the Arab world are. 70% are under the age of 35, while in the U.S. and Europe, it's the opposite. So you have a bigger community out there. So I always tell people, like, you should have Arabic on your website. You should have Arabic enabled because you're going to get a lot of traffic from Arabs. And they're always online. 
right. Chinese. Yeah, you, uh, the, the Arabic world. Uh, you know, people, I'm sure some people know this, but it's it, they're pretty well wired. Uh, I know Saudi Arabia has a hell of an in- infrastructure. Well, you have the Dubai Internet City. Um, they spent about three billion dollars to build that. Uh, it's hosting over fifty thousand companies. Dell moved out there. IBM. Everyone is out there. And everybody's like wireless, and you know, you can go wireless around almost the whole Are city. Are you wireless right? everywhere? Yeah, in the United States, uh, you know, Philadelphia just announced that they are going to have, uh, you know, the United, the United States first wireless, you know, city, and uh, you know, in many of the Arabic, um, um, in, in many of the Arab countries in the Middle East, they're already wired, <laughs> and yeah, have been for some time. The advantage we have it's very expensive. Actually, to get a very fast connection. Don't forget, we don't have an actual source of the internet here. Most of them take it from Germany through the satellite. That's their main. Kind of that's where the actual internet source of you know, your connections come from through satellite Germany, and in the U.S. it's much cheaper to get a connection. Right. You know, I I have a 2.4 ADSL in Kuwait, and we don't have cable connections here. So ADSL is the fastest, or you can go through a landline via um, satellite. But my ADSL connection is almost eight thousand dollars a year. That's extremely expensive. Wow, that is very expensive. So a lot of people are still on dial-up here. So a lot of Americans, a lot of American companies who have actually flash, a lot of people can't access it from here because they're so slow. So in one way, it's advanced because um, there's a hell of an infrastructure, but um, to get to get uh, high-speed access, it's it's uh, it's, it's very expensive. In a lot of places, yeah, yeah. Wow. In Saudi Arabia, if you, you know residential, I can't go over two point four in my home. And if you're a business, you can go. You know, you can go much faster, but it's very expensive. It's already. I think their maximum residential connections are ADSL at one twenty eight. Right, right. And that's not even fast enough. Right. Well, getting back to your domain names um, now, you've uh, you've amassed quite of uh, quite of inventory. I mean, um, there's very very few people. As a matter of fact, there's very few individuals that own you know uh, in upwards of of even a thousand domain names and. You're pretty proud of the fact that you have about a hundred thousand uh, domains. You're, you're right at ninety to hundred thousand domain names now, correct? Yeah, around that. Yeah. So, uh, again, if there's any if there's anybody out there that uh, is questioning whether domain names are a good investment, uh, <laughs> um, there, well, there's I had a, an advantage um, over a lot of people. Actually, I, you know, I was fortunate enough, you know, to have the money, um, so I dedicated myself to this. I didn't sleep. I just sat there. I sit sometimes for two, three days. I just, you know, I just no sleep. I'd actually finish a transaction in two days. Right, and day. I know I, I'm keeping you up right now since it's three o'clock in the morning there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it really helped me out a lot. It, it's 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 tough. I feel it right now. I'm burned out in a way, but I feel it. Right, but you, know, you but you have some projects on the plate. Why don't you talk about some of those projects? You have oxide, uh, and, and you, of course, the FMA, uh, uh, the you know the the company that you've kind of have all these domain names running under. Tell tell us about what it currently does and what you plan on doing with some of your websites in the near future. Well, FMA is really a holding company to everything. I had to have I had to get incorporated actually to get everything done. Um, DJ is actually free um, DJ directory website. You can actually book DJs online and so on. It's free right now. Um, we're, we're, I'm working on something right now where, where you can actually start having memberships, you know, like stuff, silver, gold, platinum memberships for DJs, and they can have different options. It's going to be pretty cheap starting um, probably after the summer. Right. That, now that's, that's DJ.com? DJ.net. DJ.com oh. is Dow Jones. Oh, okay. DJ.net. Okay, great. Yeah. 
Um, I have npc.tv. That's the first website I ever had. Um, it's right now. It's, it, it has an emerging talent showcase. It's, it's not so big because we're very selective who actually can come in or not. Um, I have a writer who writes a daily article. It's sponsored, actually, I sponsored the, um, the Italian, uh, it's called the Rizia Group. They're the largest um, car dealers in central Italy. Oh, wow. Um, and they had a Ferrari Challenge team that used to race. And now they moved to Vipers, um, Dodge Vipers. And I sponsored them for about two years. That was a good thing. Um, we're actually revamping the whole site. We're going to start selling MP3s and so on. Um, Oxide, Oxide just a simple, it's a, it's a, it's a web based so what's search plus PPC? So it's, it's, I'm working on it pretty hard. It's, it's kind of slow, you know. Right, right. Well, I mean, you have a lot of things going, and plus you have your your you know you have a family business that you're working with, and uh, you know yeah. you're when you spread yourself uh, when you spread yourself across uh, so many different channels, it's uh, sometimes hard to stay uh, focused. But you certainly are making a great effort in this area. That's for sure. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. Right. And um, what are some of the other projects? I mean, you've got, I mean, what are you going to do with media.com, which is such a great name? I'm just holding everything off right now just so I finish Oxide, MP3, and DJ. I just don't leave things unfinished. Can you, um, do you feel comfortable in sharing like the the biggest domain purchase transaction that you've made thus far um, since you've started investing in domain names? Um, I didn't spend that much, really. Just to be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't. I never went over one hundred fifty. Never went over uh, under one hundred. You never went over one hundred fifty thousand. Never. Right. And and some of those higher price domains. Uh, what were some of those purchases? Some of the larger domains. At one hundred fifty, one hundred. No, I mean, what was the domain names that were actually purchased? I, I can't talk to about most of them because they're under contract. Oh, okay. Um, in public, um, but they weren't that expensive now. Okay, okay. All right. Well, I'm great. very patient. I'll just wait for a name for two, three years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, if you remember back uh, when you and I first met over the internet, it was about. It was about three, my, year, three years ago, yeah, right? Yeah, it was about my.com, I remember. Yeah, my, my.com, that's right. And uh, I had no idea who you were. I just said domain system, like, what's that? Yeah, yeah, and we were representing that name for sale, and um, um, the, the seller of... Uh, the guy wouldn't sell the price I wanted. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he still wants it. It's a great name, and he still uh, wants a lot of money for it, but it is a, it is a great name. But that's how you and I it's first worth, became... It's worth every penny, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice name because um, it certainly could be a representative of the whole entire inter- and the you know the internet. Um, the the um, the important things for you to to manage an inventory like you have. What what are some of the things that you do to help manage a large inventory like that? I stick with you guys. <laughs> you guys are helping me out a lot. Honestly, I mean, a lot of the registrars I've had. I'm not going to mention names. I've had a lot of problems with different registrars. They just don't unlock your name. Names move from your account to a different account. You know, this could be glitches in the actual system. You're always worrying. You keep on worrying. You keep on going back online, you know, just checking the name's still there. So I started consolidating my names to just to certain registrars and just trying to keep them there. Right, right. And, and of course, we're very happy to serve you as a, as a large domain Thank owner. Thank you, Monty. Um, That's nice being in Monica. I mean, it's, it's a great place. Yeah, and you, you actually own a you actually um, uh, own a registrar tag, but um, you choose to use us to manage your domain names. Um, but that registrar yeah, tag is going to have some it's going to have some marketability, and I know we're going to uh, possibly help uh, help you with that registrar tag. But what are yeah. your plans for that yeah. registrar? Uh, still working on it. <laughs> it. 
it's really it's a big responsibility to own a registrar. So I have to be really ready for that when it when it goes live because you know when people start registering names, you have to be really responsible. You have to be there for those guys, and I'm not ready for that yet. Right. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's great that you have it, and of course, uh, we're going to help you when you're ready to to get that thing going. And um, it should be soon. Yeah, and um, I understand it might be targeted for the the Arabic and uh, Middle Eastern community, which is um, you know an area yeah, that not many people focus that. on, and mostly the Indian and the um, North African. Right. And now that whole market, the uh, North African market and the Indian market, where do you see? I know because you spend a lot of time in that market as well. What where do you see the future of that market going? I, I really see this part of the world really happening because you know with the, with the um, W, with the um, what do you call that, the, the trade world trade organization. Right. Yeah, everything's moving towards China and India because it's cheap labor. So all the companies are moving there, and these guys are becoming more aware. I mean, if you look, if you look at Iran, India, people didn't register names. Now that everyone's just going there and registering, registering. Right. Yeah, they're registering. You see those people four years ago. And, yeah. and most of the time, you see these guys register names. Like, why are these people registering such a name? They they don't make any sense, but it makes a lot of sense to them. Right. Especially the now now that uh, you've revealed uh, a little bit about why some of the number the, the domain names with some numerical characters in yes, it makes sense. Yes, they make a lot of sense um, to us because the Chinese they're, they're basically they're part of their alphabet, which is the the characters. To us, they're a replacement to Arabic letters, where you cannot actually have them in English. You know, because it's like Arab is Arab. You see, use the letter A. It's not like that's in Arabic. It's Arabic. Arab is Arab. You know. Right, and so, so they the, use the letter instead. Right, the letter which looks which is a uh, which is like a three. Yes. So when you actually register a name in Arabic, you know, in in, in actually in, in Latin characters, and then you have an Arabic name, you have to cover all your angles. There's probably twenty different spellings to that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah, because people could mistype or see, think that they're going somewhere, obviously, just like we do here when you have misspellings of domain names and uh, you want to cover yourself. But there it gets a little bit more complicated because you have to cover yourself in English and with, the, and with the numerical uh, characters. So you talked about the number three and then the number seven. What other numerals represent letters um, in the Arabic um, alphabet? I, you know, to be honest with you, I learned this about six months ago. <laughs> uh, the letter six is stuff. Like when you say Talal, the name Talal. Yeah. In Arabic, it's Talal. So you use the letter six instead of the T. Huh. And you can actually use letter six without the A after it, too. And what, and what other numbers? Nine means Sa. Yes. It's, it's very close to actually um, all the um, Semitic languages. It's a Semitic. You know, it's Aramaic. Yeah, Aramaic. Right. So they're, they're all basically the same alphabet. Right. So Hebrew, uh, Hebrew actually has some of the same letters. Hebrew as well. is Arabic. Right. You know, when you say when you say Arabi is Ebri. It's the same language. Right. Well, uh, that's and and the Farsi, which is the Persian, basically the same, but Persian is a bit more different because in their in their in their in the grammar they don't have feminine masculine, I believe. So it's kind of a bit different. You know, it's always one it. You know. Yeah, that's uh, that's very interesting to know uh, the, that those le- that those numbers mean uh, mean other things. And that's, that's why sure. I told you you should always have Arabic in your interface. It right. really help. Well, you're going to help me with that because uh, that's something that I think uh, we're going to want to do. I, I can't type Arabic on a keyboard, actually. 
Well, you said that uh, you mentioned that you knew a company that can um, that can um, trans. Uh, yeah, there are plenty of companies in the U.S. that, that do that. The, the largest ones are in that, down in Detroit. I think that's where the largest communities are right. down in Canada, Windsor. Right. Right. Yeah, so I'll have to uh, get those names for you when we get uh, when we launch that effort. That's for sure. Now, um, help your market. Yeah, okay. definitely. What's your what's your just off of the domain name um, um, the domain name uh, business just for a second? We'll pop back on. But uh, what's your take, and how are the Kuwaitis um, uh, in general and your market affect? You know, how are they? What's the take on the whole issue with Iran and the uh, nuclear effort that they're building? I'm just curious on as a as an Arab and as somebody that lives in that community, what's what we're hearing and reporting versus what's really going on from your neck of the woods. On what? On politics? Well, on the Iran effort for their nuclear uh, advancement. I have no idea. I don't even watch TV, to be honest with you. <laughs> <It's online. laughs> well, in case you no didn't idea. know, they're, uh, they're building a nuclear uh, facility, and uh, of course... I we're heard s- about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, in case- I, I, don't, I don't watch, because I'm always online, so by the time, I, you know, by the time I'm... Uh, I'm offline. I'm just watching fashion show on TV or something, just trying to relax. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, uh, hopefully I can be in your Well, we get someday. here MTV Europe, which is much better. It's more like... Um, it's like the uh, R-rated version of our MTV. No, it's more like uh, Ibiza kind of style music. You know, it's my kind of music, which I like. It's like the you know fashion TV kind of music. Right, right. I just watch that. I don't watch news anymore. Right. All right. Well, that was. Uh, what else can you tell us about uh, about the domain name industry that will help uh, other domainers like yourself? Um, you know, help them. Uh, I think it's it's really going to start booming really big soon, and you know, just diversifying really helps you a lot. You just you know you can't stick to one thing. You have to keep on going. You know, get all different extensions and move on. Um, but everyone is registering names now like crazy. To be honest with you. I know guys down in Kuwait, kids, they're just buying names. They don't know what they're doing. They're just buying, buying names. Right. It's really the future. I mean, if you look at in Kuwait, Dubai, they're doing the, um, the e-government. The whole government's going to be on the net. Yeah, the whole, the, yeah, the whole government's going to be on the net for sure. <laughs> and they're doing that all over the Arab world. I think um, China, everywhere. It's really booming. You need to have a domain. You know, if, you, if you have a business, you don't have a... A domain, you really don't have a presence anymore. Even if you don't need it, you need to have a web presence. What? What? Uh, uh, oh, here's a couple questions that are coming up in the um, in the chat room. Sure. Um, what kind of um, what kind of factors are you considering when you're looking for expired domain uh, domains with traffic? Are you looking? At, uh, um, I, I didn't get to the expired domains until about two years ago. Actually, I was just buying names from sellers or actually from you know great domains. I, I was actually in the old days. Um, Cedo, I came to you guys at Domain Systems. Um, expired domains, I, I, most people actually look for traffic names. You know, they, they, they don't care what the name is. They just actually try to find how much, how many links it's got. I just, I just go after names I like. I get lucky. I get lucky, but most of the time I, they don't have traffic. A lot of them they don't, but I think they're good names. Right, so you're using um, you're using a little bit of instinct and a little bit of luck and uh, what your personal feelings are in some of the domain names. Um, exactly. And maybe today um, well, they don't you, have you traffic. Had, like, go ahead. I said, well, maybe today they don't have as much traffic, but uh, uh, looking at some of your inventory, um, you would think that many of them, if they don't, they will soon. <laughs> 
They will. I mean, sooner or later they will. I mean, I have domains that had no traffic before, and now there's there are movies under that name, and that whole story. Oh, there was traffic. You know, I told my sister, "Hey, what's what's what? Have you heard of this name?" She's like, "Oh yeah, that's a movie. You know, that's out of the cinema." Right. So you don't really look at stats at all, and whether you have you, you don't really care no, whether I, names. I, I never are. did actually. I never did. Well, I can uh, tell you, you have you some very good instincts. They go, go ahead. No, I, I was just saying that um, you have some very good instinct, though, because you, because of the names that you're picking up, uh, not only in the aftermarket and the drop side uh, or the expired name side, plus the ones that you're you're going out and acquiring are, are excellent names. So, well, I, I get lucky. I'm lucky. That's all. Well, that's like I said. I'm, I had some good luck. I had great people to deal with. Um, all the guys I bought from names, they're excellent. They're excellent guys. Right. Um, have you ever had a problem with? Um, have you ever had a problem with domain theft? Uh, has anybody ever stolen a name from you? Um, no, I just had with one of the registrars. Actually, I had two of my domains. Um, actually, they moved to a different account, and I had no idea how. And I called them up, and they actually put the names back. And then that—that's when I started getting worried. Right, and that's when you started mi- migrating over to us. That's right. <laughs> actually, I can't see you guys when I bought the two names from Seller. Um, I actually had the names there, and I started moving all my names. Yeah, well, that, that was a. It's been a good. It's been a good move. Um, um, people are asking, you know, are you using PPC? And yes, you are, but you're redirecting through Oxide. Is that correct? You're trying to. You're trying to. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, this is a lot of people asking this question. Um, you can go to a lot of companies out there, like Domain Spa. Um, I can't remember all the names. Well, domain sponsor, domain sponsor. You can make right. so much more money. Um, I'm more concerned with branding. I, want, I really want to brand Oxide, not just make money out of it. I want to make a name out of it. Um, it's really tough. Um, I can hold on to this because, you know, you know I, I don't need the money immediately right now. But branding is the most important thing to me right now. Right. Well, you're in a you're in a position to to really focus on branding. So it's uh it's it's really important. A lot of folks out there uh, uh, obviously are in a position where they need to make the money and want to monetize the domain names exactly. as much as possible. Exactly. So it's nice that you have that uh, that you're in that position and um, the brands that you'll have a lot of success trying to brand and and branding your your platforms and your different websites as a result of that. So that's great. Let's hope it works. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Thunny, and I really appreciate your time. I know it's late for you. I, I, uh, I'm thankful. No, no problem. I'm th- I know that you don't uh, probably do too many interviews. <laughs> um, no, this is actually the first one. Oh, um, great. The first, the first one I've done was with um, Ron Jackson and down in theinjournal.com. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, I just had a couple of guys have asked me about the... Um, um, I don't know what the question was. It was Google and the sect of the domain. I didn't understand the question. Um, when they ask me the name, so if, they, if you have that question, I can answer. But I, I didn't understand the question. Oh, okay. Well, maybe um, if you hang on to the chat um, when we get done with the show, sure. you can um, chat. you can try to answer some more of those questions. So, um, well, we again, we really appreciate your time, and I appreciate no you as a, Thanks, a, as a customer Thanks, and as a friend, and uh, and I'm glad that you were taking the time to be with us tonight. I know a lot of people wanted to hear you, who you were and hear your voice, and uh, I'm glad we were able to bring it live um, and halfway around the world. Thanks, and thank Take you, care. thank you very much. Okay, uh, you too. I'm sure we'll be in touch uh, very soon. Um, again, uh, I want to thank. 
thank my guests, uh, Aliqua and uh, Gene Hoffman from Vendicia. Uh, two great guests. Uh, again, next week we'll be broadcasting live from uh, SES in New York. I'll probably have some people off the show floor and uh, should be pretty exciting. It's a huge show uh, all around the a- online advertising, PPC, and search engine optimization markets. And so I'm sure I'll have some interesting uh, guests that will join us next week. Thanks to uh, our producers and Webmaster Radio. And uh, I will see you next week from New York. And thanks to our advertisers. And we'll have those archives coming soon. I promise. Talk to you soon. Bye. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.